News Talk 1110-993-WBT, The Pete Callender Show. I'm the Pete of the show. And uh, we have seen a wave of violence, arson, vandalism, and intimidation targeting pro-life groups and government officials since the leak last month of a draft Supreme Court opinion that would overturn Roe v. Wade. That is the beginning of an article written by Jim Varney at RealClearInvestigations.com. And Jim joins us now. Hey, Jim, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. Thanks. Absolutely. So um, first off, I guess I need to ask, uh, is this a wave? How big of a wave is it? Uh, Is there like a definition? Is there like a landslide where there's like a criteria where you get to determine this is officially a wave? Right. I I guess it would depend, obviously, on the definition of wave. There certainly has been a rash of incidents. There's been at least three dozen, and these have occurred in at least 20 states. Some of them involve pregnancy crisis centers. Some of them are even involving small, rural African-American churches in the Deep South. Uh, And some of those were just graffiti. Some of the more serious ones, like in Buffalo and Madison, Wisconsin, and outside of Seattle, involved a lot of smashed glass and some sort of makeshift Molotov cocktails, sort of an attempted arson or firebombing, if you will. And a number of them uh, are being perpetrated by a group that calls itself Jane's Revenge. And their sort of graffiti tag is, if abortion isn't safe, then you aren't either. And they've actually followed that up with even more threatening communiques about what they plan to do. Um, and so all of that put together, I guess, would constitute a wave. It's certainly very concerning, however you want to call it. And in fact, they've claimed responsibility, this organization or loose affiliation. Um, they claim responsibility for uh, the attack in Asheville, North Carolina, in the mountains out west there of, uh, of a center there uh, as well as written up in the Carolina Journal. Yes, uh, they they aren't making any, uh, they're not pretending that they're not involved in this. They're taking responsibility for it. Uh, and one of the things that a lot of people have said, in, including about 120 members of Congress who wrote a letter this week to the Department of Justice, is it seems to smack of domestic terrorism. And, of course, we've heard so much from Merrick Garland and the DOJ about how domestic terrorism is going to be a priority for them. And there's some questions being asked now as to why they don't seem to be taking a bigger interest in what we're talking about. Well, it's a, that's a different kind of terrorism. So, so <laughs> right. it's, that's, the, that's the point, right? Uh, so I guess we need to uh, define who is, as best we can, who is this, this group, this Jane's Revenge? What, do you know who they are, what they are? I, I do, well, we know sort of what they are. They're, they're essentially an Antifa group. Uh, mm. They publish their communiques in the anarchist library, and sometimes they have that A in the circle. Um, I don't know who they are. They, they are separate, as far as we know, from the uh, Twitter account Ruth sent us, which is a group that docks the Supreme Court justices, and then said that they didn't bear any responsibility for the interloper that was caught in Justice Kavanaugh's house with a gun, um, but at the same breath then identified where Justice Kavanaugh's kids are going to school and where Justice Barrett's kids go to school. So you sort of have that kind of the social media arm of the campaign, Ruth Senate, and then you have this underground arm, Jane's Revenge. I'm, I'm not suggesting there's a connection there because I don't know. Um, but exactly who the people are in Jane's Revenge, they haven't been identified. But as we were saying, if you would think, you know, you get these cyber sleuths from the DOJ. These people aren't being shy about what they're doing. 
I would think that somebody would be able to find out who they were. Well, and it it also raises this uh, this I don't know difference in approach. Let's say, and you talked with a couple of people that run these centers that have been targeted, and they and it that actually reflects similar comments I've seen uh, from the the one up in Asheville and and others, which is the local police seem to take this far more seriously than the federal authorities are, even though the feds, as you mentioned, supposedly we're going to be super focused on, uh, on domestic terrorism. Yeah, that's a good point. You're right that all the people that I spoke with, and I take it in North Carolina as well, uh, they say that the local authorities have been exemplary on this. They're on the scene fast. They got detectives on it. They consider this a serious incident in their community, and I think you can understand why. If you're up in Buffalo and they try to burn down a place and smash it up, that's a pretty serious event, it seems to me. And the contrast with the federal authorities is quite striking. And then on the state level, you know, one of the things that's curious about this, right, is that you take the Buffalo attack. Well, New York isn't going to change its laws, regardless of what the Supreme Court decision is. Abortion is still going to be legal there. Same in Washington State and probably in Wisconsin. So it's sort of curious that they're targeting places there. But in any event, in Buffalo, they also talk to the state police and stuff, and they have gotten just heard crickets on that, while the New York governor spends $35 million to provide fortress-like stuff through abortion clinics. It just seems odd that there's so much emphasis on one side and silence on the other. Well, and it also goes to this argument that, you know, whether or not political speech and hot rhetoric is uh, responsible in some way for the actions of madmen. And again, it only seems like that responsibility goes one way. It only attaches when it's uh, it, they're speakers of the right who are saying things and then somebody goes and targets somebody on the left when the inverse occurs. Uh, and you mentioned the the interloper, the the would be assassin uh, out in front of Kavanaugh's house. I mean that that is that that was clearly from uh, you know the the rhetoric. But I don't blame people for the actions of that guy. He's to blame for doing what he did. But if we're going to set a standard, then it seems to me then a consistent standard would hold some of those folks responsible for this violence too. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And uh, I think one of the ways you might see that happen would be if there was more people speaking out on all sides. Mm -hmm. The people that we're talking about that are perpetrating this kind of stuff, these guys are extremists. They are the friends. There's tons of pro-choice people that don't do anything like this. They've been protesting outside abortion clinic, excuse me, pregnancy crisis centers, just the way uh, anti- and pro-life, anti-abortion and pro-life type people have been protesting outside of abortion clinics. There's, there are rules for this. There's laws for this. And there is, like you just said, uh, in terms of political speech and public speech, things that get followed by these people. If you saw you know, Planned Parenthood, for example, or the National Abortion Federation, if they were to speak out about this, I think it would go a long way toward trying to maybe spark some investigating by the authorities that we need to look into this. Because those are the people uh, on the... Uh, Pro, excuse me, the, the pro-choice side, abortion rights side, 
they're the ones that are always talking about how threatened they feel. So they should know better than anybody what it's like to be on the receiving end of things like this. Yeah, that's a great point. Jim Varney, you can read the latest work at RealClearInvestigations.com. It's titled Beyond the Kavanaugh Scare, Dozens of Incidents Targeting Pro-Lifers Nationwide. We appreciate your time, Jim. Have a great weekend, sir. You too. Take care. Every year at WBT Sky Show, we honor veterans and active military. We do the big flag ceremony after the game and before the fireworks. So if you are interested in participating in said flag ceremony and are currently serving or have served in the U.S. military, U.S. military, WBT, would love to hear from you. Sign up now at WBT.com for your chance to join us at WBT Sky Show on July 4th, including four tickets to the game and to be part of the aforementioned flag ceremony on the field. Uh, so go to WBT.com and uh, welcome home and thank you for your service. So, uh, all right, a couple things here. Jane's Revenge, claiming credit for a series of attacks on pregnancy centers, which, by the way, I don't understand that. What's the point of the attack on the pregnancy center? Because if you're all about women's health care, because that's what you guys have been reframing all of this as, right? This is this is the new uh, definition. This is the new narrative, the new branding effort here, that it's about women's health. The whole abortion debate is about women's health. Well, pregnant women who go to the pregnancy centers, they are women, I, I'm pretty sure, still, uh, they are women, and they are pregnant, and they've just, and, and they're engaging in, right, choice, which you guys, I know you don't like using that word anymore, uh, but that's the, that they're making a choice. So when you say you're pro-choice, but then you're going to go firebomb the clinic when the woman chooses something other than abortion, that tells me, I'm just reading the context clues, but it tells me you're not actually pro-choice. You're pro-one choice, right? You want one choice because if there's an option for somebody else to offer different advice and different guidance and support and you see that as a threat, then you're not actually pro-choice. You see them as competition and as such to be eliminated. Jane's Revenge claims credit for the uh, June 7th attack on the Mountain Area Pregnancy Services Clinic, MAPS. This is in Asheville. The message was originally posted on Abolition Media, which supports left-wing revolutionary groups around the world. A day later, Jane's Revenge also posted the message to the group's official website. Jane's Revenge says that they are not one group, but many. And sources familiar with the group say they are connected to Antifa, and they operate as a similarly loose confederation of like-minded cells. Well, that's going to totally thwart any kind of federal investigation because they just can never figure out how Antifa operates. They're not, it's an idea, right? Isn't that what, the, isn't that what Biden said? It's, it's an idea, right? Carolina Journal's David Larson writing that the name... Jane's Revenge is a reference to a group called the Jane Collective. 
that helped women get abortions in the pre-Roe v. Wade Chicago area. Uh, They claimed credit on May 8th for a firebombing at a Madison, Wisconsin pro-life pregnancy center posting their first communique on their website, which never trust anybody who uses the term communique in a non-ironic fashion. Okay, here's what their first communique. I just think it sounds funnier. Anyway, all right, communique. Uh, Here's the first. It said, quote. We have run thin on patience and mercy for those who seek to strip us of what little autonomy we have left. Holy grievance collection, Batman. You have got to be kidding me. I I love this. I don't love it, actually, but I I note, I would note that, oh, you're running thin on patience, are you? Ooh, your child. We're running thin on patience and mercy. Okay. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and mess around and see how long it takes for all of the folks that have lots of the guns. What happens when they run low on patience and mercy too? People always think in these terms like, I'm going to get mad and I'm going to do something and, oh, you better be wary of me. And they never think that the other team Gets a turn at bat. But the other team does. People who try to foment violence and they they, they kind of egg on like, oh, I'm just getting ready for the Civil War and all this stuff. Well, they tend to think that that violence is never going to reach them. It's a very naive view. I mean, war never changes. It is hell. It is the complete breakdown of rules. And... If you think that you can be spared from that after unleashing it upon your your opponents, you're insane. But that's what these people are doing. These, this, this is threatening. This is intimidation. This is, in fact, textbook, literally by the law, terrorism. That's what it is. That's what they're doing. Do we have any kind of patience for that? Is administration going to cite these people like they cited the uh, the Proud Boys, we're going to have media making Joe Biden say their name like they did with Trump and the Proud Boys. Remember that during the debate? We're going to have that kind of approach here? They said, as you continue to bomb clinics and assassinate doctors with impunity, I'm not sure there's impunity going on there, but uh, so too shall we adopt increasingly extreme tactics to maintain freedom over our own bodies. We are forced to, see again, they're, They're never the villains. They're always the hero or the victim. So Jane's Revenge promises to escalate its violence against pregnancy centers that help pregnant women have their babies. But so angry are they over the Roe v. Wade uh, outcome that we that is coming that they are they're planning a day of rage or a night of rage I should say for whatever that uh, whenever the opinion is issued by the Supreme Court I mean unless of course it goes their way if it goes their way then then they're not going to abuse you obviously we will not inflict pain upon you if you just do what we say the beatings will continue until morale improves that's all. They are responsible for a firebombing of a clinic up in Madison, Wisconsin. By the way, uh, 
just look at Madison, Wisconsin, if you want to know where North Carolina is going. I've been saying this for years. Remember what we saw in North Carolina when uh, the Republicans took over the legislature and you saw the Moral Monday marches and all of that uh, dumbassery? That was that was almost play by play the same thing that the same thing that happened up in Wisconsin like two years prior when Scott Walker won election. They when removed from power, they throw tantrums like children. And this is another example of it. It doesn't even make any sense. Why are you attacking the pregnancy centers? It makes no sense, except for the fact that. You're insane. But also, it, except for the fact that they know that they're unguarded. They're easy targets. So they can go and, and do their message against an empty building. Although now they say they're going to, uh, they're going to, they're, they're going to uh, amp it up. They're going to escalate. David Larson's piece at Carolina Journal uh, says that the first communique gave pro-life pregnancy support centers 30 days to shut down before the group would escalate past simple vandalism. They said the attack on the Wisconsin clinic was the only warning that would be given. Raging narcissists, sociopaths, these people are. Um, Your 30 days expired yesterday, Jane's Revenge said in a June 14th message. Quote, we offered an honorable, and they spell honorable with an O-U, honorable, right? We offered you an honorable way out. You could have walked away. Now the leash is off. We promised to take, see, so again, blaming the victim here, right? We attacked you and we're going to say, and we're going to give you the way out, which is to just cease to exist. And how dare you not cease to exist anymore? So now, now we're just going to have to just do worse things to you. You could have avoided all of this. We promise to take increasingly drastic measures against oppressive infrastructures. What exactly is the oppressive infrastructure of a crisis pregnancy center? (laughs) Because they're offering an alternative to abortion, that is an oppressive infrastructure to you? Rest assured, they say, we will. And those measures may not come in the form of something so easily cleaned up as a fire or graffiti. From here forward, any anti-choice group who closes their doors and stops operating will no longer be a target. But until you do, it's open season, and we know where your operations are. The infrastructure of the enslavers will not survive. As, as I said, they're insane. These people are insane. Um, they're night of rage. So just mark your calendars. Whenever the Dobbs decision comes down from the uh, U.S. Supreme Court, whatever day that is, at 8 p.m. that night, the anarchist, well, the temporary anarchists, let's always be clear about that. They claim to be anarchists, but they're, they're not actually anarchists. They're temporary anarchists. They just need there to be no government for a very brief period of time. So you get scared. They can kill you uh, and uh, whoever's left then they can um, uh, uh, convince to let them rule over the remaining people. That's the idea. It's they just needed temporarily. Just a little bit of anarchy for them to, you know, uh, kill a bunch of people. Because, I mean, all true revolutions, right? In the, in the, yeah, the revolutions of the people, they always require you to murder a bunch of people. 
So uh, they'll do that so they get some temporary anarchy so there are no rules that they're breaking as they murder a bunch of the people as part of La Revolucion. And then when they murdered enough people and then everyone else is afraid of them, then they, uh, then they want a government again. So they're not anarchists. Totally. In fact, like the only real anarchists I've ever met, they tended to be more libertarian. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> anyway, so the night of rage, they've got it on the calendar for whenever the Dobbs case comes down, 8 p.m. sharp. Um, they say, consider this your call to action. And um, we're asking courageous hearts to come out after dark because that's true courage, you know. Wearing the masks, hiding your identity, going out at night, sucker punching people, courageous hearts to the everything from their name to their tactics are lies. It's hilarious. Zero self-awareness. Um, then there is the letter. Our guest earlier, Jim Farney, mentioned the letter. Uh, it involves acts dangerous to human life that are a violation of criminal laws of the United States or any state. This is what defines under U.S. Code terrorism. Involves acts dangerous to human life that are a violation of criminal laws and appear to be intended to intimidate or coerce a civilian population, check, to influence the policy of a government by intimidation or coercion, check, to affect the conduct of a government by mass destruction, assassination, or kidnapping, check, check, and check, and occur primarily within the territorial jurisdiction of the U.S. Check. So there you go. Meets all the definitional requirements for domestic terrorism. For some reason, I'm not seeing all of the angst about this, though. Alrighty, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. And uh, joining me in studio right now for just an ever-brief few minutes before I roll out of here for the weekend is Mr. Chad Adams. He is all the way from Wilmington. Decided to, what, do the show live in studio today. I was out west, and instead it was shorter to come here than to go back to the coast. Oh, there you go. Okay, so um, he's going to be filling in today for Brett Winterbull, so you want to stick around and listen to that. And I've been sitting on this story for a couple of days, so I figured I would just throw it out to you, because, I don't know, you're a professional. Let's see what happens. Uh, A Raleigh-based pest control company offering money to homeowners who are willing to live with cockroaches. Would you live with, and and it's a very specific number, they are asking if you would like to agree, a hundred roaches, they will put them in your house for 2,000, they'll give you two grand, but you can't treat them. You can't do anything. They want to use your house as a test lab, basically. So it's like being in D.C. So, you (laughs) (laughs) There's smaller cockroaches they're putting in, right? Are they German cockroaches? Are these immigrant cockroaches? Are they the regular cockroach kind? Did they say what kind? Uh, it says those German yes. ones are tiny. Well, it's, yeah, there's a picture of them. They have, they do have the little mustaches. Okay, so yeah, they're German the little fellas, right? Um, no, they Zigal are, cockroaches, right? right? Cas, cat, oh, racist roaches, catsaradidiophobia, a fear of roaches. So if you got that, don't yes, yeah, do not apply. The company is called the Pest Informer. They announced they're willing to pay $2,000 if you let them release about 100 American cockroaches in your home. Oh, Americans. They're Americans. 
Marka. They, they want to test out a specific pest control technique to gauge how effective the treatment is. It's make America great roaches, right? So MAGA roaches are MAGA produced. roaches. <laughs> the company is looking for five to seven homeowners to participate. In Raleigh. In the Raleigh area. Homeowners would need to grant the company permission to film and test the treatment in their house, and this would last 30 days. $2,000. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You Would know, you, it, it just find the roach's favorite food, put it in that side of the room, and, and they'll all congregate there. I, you know, I, think I just the, came out of an apartment with roaches. People don't realize they are living with hundreds of roaches, no, especially at the it. coast. If you're at the no, seriously, if you're at the coast, believe me, they're there. Yeah. You may. And when I was in Puerto Rico as a kid, they were everywhere. So you have a concrete house, you think it's sealed up? No, no, no es, no es verdad. Uh, you must not try any additional cockroach treatments during the duration of the study. So if they're doing their thing and it gets out Can of you, hand. You can't swat them either. So you have to like just. Got to live with them. Got to live with them. You, the sleeping would be the hardest part. Uh, yeah. The <laughs> lack of sleep for 30 days would be the hardest part. Yes. So At they, the end of the study, get this. If the cockroach infestation has not been eliminated, then they will use traditional treatments at no additional, at no cost to you. So they you they will clean your house and and, and no, no psychological treatment. I wonder what the woke perspective of this is because you don't want to be discriminatory against the cockroaches. I mean, that would be just untowards, right? That's you, true. You can't be discriminatory, and and they may have rights, and you they might. You never know. <laughs> That's Chad Adams. He's filling in for Brett Winterbull. You want to stick around? He'll take you through to your weekend. I'll see you on uh, Monday. Six packs of shiner. 99 cent butane lighter Lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron Ice down that igloo cooler Take a guess at all to do her I can feel a good one coming on Throw in Ray Wiley Hubbard Sing along to Redneck Mother Any blues I had before are gone The working week is over No chance of staying sober I can feel a good one coming on Top Mustang followed us down to the lake and didn't have to think about that too long. Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight, situation couldn't be more right. I can feel a good one coming on. Yeah, we
So just remember, the numbers are still the same here. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. The numbers are the same for Chad. He'll be with you all afternoon. And then uh, Charlotte at 6. Y'all don't break anything while I'm gone.